We're gathered here today to join Mike and Jill in holy matrimony. So they may file jointly this tax season. And you are? April from Tax Act, the tax filing software with the expert guidance to help you file for less and get more. Works for me. So, Mike, do you take this woman to love, honor, and get her a maximum refund? I do. Jill? Ditto. I now pronounce you married, filing jointly. I always cry at filing status updates. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See TaxAct.com for details. There you go. So make sure we've got the audio, we've got video, we've got Father Deacon Dr. Ananias here, the the Norwegian news on YouTube. If you guys don't already know, go over and subscribe to him. He is a depopulation advocate. And, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> an, an expert. He's an expert of the science that is settled, and that's all you need to know. So everything that he says, he's, he has doctor before his name, so clearly... Anything he says must be absolute truth, right? Um, no, that, and uh, bubbling liquids in Aramar flasks. Bunsen burners in here. Yep. No, yep. you can't see that because you, you have to be credentialed. You have to have a secret pass. When you reach yeah, the highest so level so. of scientism, you get a black lab coat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Father Deacon Dr. Ananias, he's a, he's a deacon in the... Holy Apostolic Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church. Um, he is. He's also. A prof- you're a professor, aren't you? Yes. You are a yes, professor. You te- what do you teach? I gender teach studies. To, I teach people how to think. <laughs> so gender studies. No. <laughs> have, have you heard the joke? Uh, you know, is there a doctor around? And uh, I'm a doctor. Quick, this man's having a heart attack. And the person says, "Well, I'm." I'm a doctor of uh, gender studies. Quick, she's going to die. And then the professor responds back, she. <laughs> Excuse me? Did you just add that? Yeah. She. Excuse me? It's they, them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you're a philosophy yeah, I teach, professor. Uh, yeah, I teach. Eth- this last semester I taught ethics, uh, political philosophy, and uh, social and political philosophy, and I also taught introduction to philosophy. Uh, I've taught logic, um, what other business ethics, all kinds of different courses. Nice, nice. So those are my most recent. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I really enjoyed uh, the SAU. I'm not sure if you published it yet. It seems like you've been working on an essay that we've been discussing, maybe over a month or so at least. Uh, that kind of ties in some of the ideas that we've been discussing here. Of scientism, right? Science as this uh, as this new faux replacement religion. Scientism has kind of the uh, the, the religion of modernity and uh, and and the myth of progress. So we, that's what we titled the stream today: Scientism and the Myth of Progress. And and that's what we're talking about. I mean, it's a it's a very it's something that uh, is kind of all pervasive these days, isn't it? Yeah. So hopefully, it's uh, there are some scholars that have presented. Uh, some of our best Orthodox scholars too. They presented this at a recent conference. Um, want to publish it? I don't know exactly where they're publishing it, but uh, it should be published. And then also, kind of reworking some of the same ideas to talk about kind of current events regarding the Coop science um, from an Orthodox point of view, uh, and that's going to be published in a book. 
that's coming out at the end of August mm -hmm. or that's submitted the end of August. That's right. Needs submissions need to be in at the end of August. And then at the end of the year, I think it's coming out the big publisher, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So New York times bestseller could be going to be published around the same time as Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, uh, yeah. You know the uh, you're not even. I don't think you're even allowed to say his name in a negative light on YouTube. So I better just shut up. You know, just say say the the words, Dr. Anthony Fauci on YouTube, and um, they'll be knocking and, at your door. Yeah, you, you're gonna have you're gonna have you're gonna have a knock on your door really soon. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it, it's scientism, right? Like, I mean, how do you how do we? What's the difference between scientism and Science. I mean, it seems very few people understand. By the way, I'm obviously qualified to have books on it. He's got books. He's got a he's got, got a dr in front of his name. You know, he's got he's got. By the way, this is a good one. This is on the philosophy of science. Um, and again, a lot just because somebody can throw in the word science doesn't actually mean that it's science. A lot of this is what's called the demarcation problem. What constitutes a pseudoscience versus science? Um, another good one, Michael Polanyi science faith I've, I've got like coffee spilt all over i had a my science machine spilt coffee all over oh, my man. my book <laughs> you gotta you gotta get one of the experts in to uh take a look at them yeah make sure it runs right like and up to the scientific specs um and one of the things i want you guys to think about too and polani speaks about this is what came up in the last century um, with issues, for example, with the Soviets, uh, particularly he goes into like the Soviets, uh, you know, a communist science mm. um, that took on a very kind of different, you know, was everything was interpreted through kind of a Marxist lens and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, it's an interesting so phase can... because they had they had there's some things that actually tie into, you know, the uh, the preview image that we've got right now. It's actually let me see if it's still there. Yeah, it's the uh, we got Jeff Goldblum here holding a, a totally real Tyrannosaurus Rex, one of the uh, yeah. the yeah the, 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 the one of the birth creatures of science, and of course the, uh, the 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 eschatology, the science eschatology right behind and above him. The, uh, the the space brothers of course the, uh, the the highly advanced and evolved beings who through the science that is settled but there's uh, there's is settled more in the future of course the uh, the space brothers uh, th those play into the the kind of Soviet science as well right that like have you have you studied the uh, cosmist movement cosmism no, no uh, the Soviets they had this myth hey. of basically cosmism which is this kind of it really does tie in a lot with the modern UFO myth. In fact, um, Ben Gertzel, who's developing AI and who works for Hanson Robotics and developed the Sophia the Robot AI doll thing that was given human rights and citizenship in Saudi Arabia, which is, it's just not just a joke. This is a huge it's deal. So ironic, yeah. Right. I mean, they're, they're literally, they're, they're kind of, they believe that they're creating life, or they say they believe that they're creating life through this AI stuff, but his book is called The Cosmist Manifesto, and he harkens back to the Cosmist movement, which actually began before the Soviet Revolution, but then was uh, an influential force in the mythology of progress, space travel, uh, saviors from space, our salvation being in the empty space between the stars and the cosmos, um, 
Yeah, and yeah, so the the Cosmist movement was was kind of like the UFO movement that we see now mirrored, but in the early 20th century in, in Soviet Russia and pre-Soviet, pre-Bolshevik Russia. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing that people always like to think that science just exists in this kind of neutral, uncontaminated um, state. That it's just this, you know, science driving from the Latin scientia means knowledge. The Greek is episteme, um, and that well, if you just say the name, just say the name, and it'll it'll make it knowledge. So it's important. Why do we bring up uh, the example that you brought up, the Soviets, Nazi Germany, is because that, and this is something that I argue that science doesn't exist uncontaminated and this kind of perfected vacuum outside of the influences of the socio-political structures and history and ideologies in which they're embedded in. So let's look at those and see how that actually corrupts knowledge would be the, um, nobody ever seems to kind of move past that, the word like, well, science, it obviously must be true. And a lot of the political philosophers of the 19th century um, and uh, the positivists like Comte and uh, Saint-Simon, you know, they purposely use these kinds of words. Like, for example, uh, social sciences to give it legitimacy. Mm. That, um, and I always joke with everybody like, yeah, you could pretty much legitimize anything by putting the word science on there. We'll, we'll talk a little bit um, how that ties into scientism because it's, it's a move of the devotee of scientism and, you know, the, the technocrats to, regardless of its science, to always make sure you use that name under the banner of science. Right, yeah. Well, make they, knowledge impossible, but call it knowledge and science. Right, yeah. right. And, and they've essentially weaponized uh, kind of like liberation theology type stuff under the name so, social science, right? And when you look at the Rockefeller Foundation, we did a deep dive. We did a two-episode. Each one was like three hours deep dive on the history of the Rockefeller Foundation, their influence in forming the modern scientific worldview so-called yeah. scientific worldview, which is actually kind of anything but scientific. When you look at the scientific uh, method, it, it, it's, it's more of a politicized anthropology and a weaponized anthropology. And if you read the book um, uh, Caltech, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Rise of the New Biology by Lily E. K., who was an MIT, uh, this was, uh, she, I think she was a professor at MIT, but it was a fantastic book, and it's about the transition from... Um, uh, the, the the transition to modern scientism uh, through the lens of the molecular biology program that was sponsored through Rockefeller Foundation funds, uh, also influenced by um, uh, the Ford, uh, I'm sorry, the Carnegie Endowment as well. But yet she shows this this connection to uh, the social sciences and how the social sciences were always an idealistic 
control mechanism for the elite who saw it as a way to restructure and reformat reality through behaviorism and the control of the organism and the and, and behavior modification on a mass scale in order to bring about this like utopian eschatology in order to bring about a final end state of a global perfect state where everyone's happy and healthy uh which is we're, we're still being used uh we're still being kind of duped with this stuff now yep yep and um i found a lot of that in you know, I was teaching out of this book, Dante Gemino's From Machiavelli to Marx. Hmm. And the same thing, uh, it's everything that you were just talking about there, that one of the things that you're going to notice is, and this is where I tie it into modern, uh, modern form of Gnosticism is <clears throat> a destruction of the old world, um, which means a rejection of God, the church and tradition and then a recreation of that in your own image through a will to power. And all of them have this theme in common, and they're all utopian. They're all trying to amortize the eschaton. They want salvation um, on their own terms. They create salvation. And notice this is the Gnostic um, commonality between ancient Gnostics and what Eric Vogelman would call modern Gnostics, is that the problems with God in the world who created it. And so get rid of that, create a dream world of your own. And where does salvation lie? Salvation lies within oneself. Hmm. So in what one creates, um, you had already brought whatever, even if that's the myth of aliens is salvation, yeah. whether it's the, the messianic nationalists of uh for example he goes in here like fish and uh mazzini's messianic nationalism Mm. whether it's marxist uh utopianism um whether it's the scientism and positivism of comte and saint simone um some of the other 19th century radical political thought uh for example uh, some crazy stuff from Proudhon and yes, yeah, Fourier. It's, four year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the stuff they come up. Well, the French Revolution is like when you when you see what actually the fruits yeah, of this type of exactly. right. Like when you look at the fruits of this type of of, of thinking, this utopian thinking. Uh, and I want you to maybe maybe to explore, explain in a minute the uh, the idea of the immanentization of the eschaton. And like I think a lot of people maybe don't know what eschaton means or you know immanentization. And I, let's flesh it out. But when you look at the fruits of this, these these movements, these utopian movements, where it's like we're going to perfect humanity. Man, yeah. you know Nietzsche said man is weak. We need to we need to you know, overhaul man, create the Ubermensch. What does it result in? It's always the fruits of it are always genocide. The fruits of it yeah, are always, always like violence. we're gonna kill yeah. off the weak, depopulate fifty percent of the population, which was an ideal that was pushed during the French Revolution as well, um, and, it, and it always just ends up in mass murder and genocides. For some reason, it's almost as if we're not meant to do this. It's almost as if it's like an, maybe perhaps an inversion of the truth. So yeah, can you can you flesh that out? The, uh, what the what is the eschaton? What is eschatology? And then immanentization of the eschaton. What what do we mean by that? So the end, the end of time, like the, the completion, perfection, um, paradise, right? Where 
God recapitulates everything. Like everything is in one sense made right. Um, you know, after the, the, the final judgment and now what atheistic political man, Gnostic man wants to do is I don't want that. I don't want a, a savior named Jesus Christ who's going to save me and I need to be healed and repent. Um, I will destroy that God in my Promethean hatred of the gods. I'll destroy that and make myself God. So it's like rather than the grace of God, it's like the will to power. It's a will to power. It's a Nietzschean um, uh, will to power that arose also from the Nietzschean deicide. Um, but notice they always take these religious elements, but they want what Christianity offers. Hmm. Just reconceived in and done on their terms. So this is why it's modern Gnosticism. Man will save himself. Mm -hmm. Man will do that. We will eliminate all poverty, right? Because I mean, what do you think about like in paradise, right? No more weeping or suffering. I mean, yeah. if you make it in, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you respond to the program, right? And God's right. De grace. Death is abolished, right? I mean, a, a state death of eternal life. Death is abolished, right? So what it does the atheistic, Gnostic, technocratic, modern political man want? I'll do that. No, thank you, God. I'll do it on my own. Right. I don't need you to. And so what are they doing? Well, AI ties into this too. Um, and here's another kind of theme of Gnosticism. Matter's bad. Like we'll transcend it, right? Yeah. Um, we'll create, you know, immortality. We'll separate, we'll separate consciousness from matter and live forever in this yet to even be discovered space where our consciousness can exist without matter. It's like the, the AI myth, right? Like the Elon Musk, that's what he's selling. Yeah, that's a really interesting question too because there is one thing that modern science and health has provided is uh, longevity, longevity of life. I was going to say gender transition surgeries. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so cool. <laughs> I didn't know you could say that. Oh, you, we're on YouTube, but we could, you could talk about, I mean, we think it's great that people can uh, have gender reassignment surgeries machine. at three years old because a kid, you know, I mean, my, my, my three-year-old want, maybe wants to be a, a cockroach or, a, you know, a, 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 anything, a shovel. Uh, I think we think it's great. Tractor. A tractor. My son wants to be a tractor. But, uh, I won't say something because I was just going to say something, but I'll probably get banned if you... There's probably one issue I can't get into. Well, we'll, Anyways, we're on YouTube right now, guys. If you're on YouTube, we're yeah. going to be going over second half of this. We'll be we'll be able to go without uh, self filtering and <laughs> no censorship over on Rockfin, which we're we're actually simulcasting on Rockfin right now. Second half of this is going to be on Rockfin. Big shout out to the uh, to the uh, the Rockfin crew over there. We got a few tips over there. We'll read those tips in a minute. Zero tips from the YouTube crowd as usual. No support from the YouTube crowd. bunch of bunch of stingy bigots on YouTube, but Rockfin Gosh. is throwing down. Rockfin loves it. YouTube don't care. So thank you guys on Rockfin. If you guys do want to support on YouTube, there's a link in the uh, in the description for the Streamlabs. And the top tipper will win um, a free trip to Mars with installation, mandatory installation of Neuralink 
by. I thought uh, you were going to say Montana. I was like, no, what? no, no, Mar- actual Mars. You will go to actual Mars, but you've got to get the Neuralink first. We're the top supporter and tipper on either Rockfin or YouTube. So, um, yeah, I had, had to throw that one out there. And second half, we'll tell you when we're cutting it off because we're going to get into uh, one of the most obvious manifestations of this cult of scientism now. Uh, and 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 this uh, this cult that's been going viral, we'll say, for the last year, going mega viral, uh, the uh, the modern cult. Well we'll be we'll be t- we'll be uh, taking the mask off of the cult that's gone viral this last year. Well, think about this. So, with all our advancements in, in health and modern technology, we can prolong the years. Uh, and ultimately, isn't that exactly what they want to do away with? Let's just do away with uh, all disease and death. Um, let's live forever um, or attempt to. We always have to ask the question, why? Like, yeah. Now, we can answer that within an, a, the, an orthodox paradigm. Why do we seek immortality? Mm. Why do we see disease and death as not something actually natural? Um, right, because because from the orthodox perspective, death is not something that God created. Man was created for incorruptibility, which would explain man's obsessive seeking of that state of incorruption, but through the wrong means because of the fall, right? I mean, that's something that, of course, there is no fall in scientism. It's just linear progress. By the way, I recommend Science Soda. Yeah. How do I know so much about science? Because I drink big gulps of it every oh, yeah. And those, the suds, the sciencey suds that it gives you. Oh, oh, man. I could taste it. I could, like, it through the... Wow, that's... M- Ladies and gentlemen, that's simply just the inherent properties of matter there for you right there. You know, the, the science is settled. <laughs> science soda. It's for everyone. For the children, for they, them, he, her, all of them. Oh, yeah. So... What is their purpose of trying to eliminate poverty, trying to prolong life? For what? Like yeah. what? I mean, it's just like people pretend like, oh, you know, these things are just a good thing. But again, I think we should precept them in their worldviews that, well, why, according to your worldview, is that a good thing? Why is death bad in the scientific worldview? Because... You know, death is just a, a part of life from that perspective, right? Without, without death, you can't have life from the scientific worldview. I mean, if you're going for this naturalistic assumption, uh, death, if, like other people's death is good for you because then you can take their stuff. You can, you can create a, a larger harem if you genocide the males that are competing for your will to power. And you can, you know, you can send the, be the top monkey. So why is it bad that death exists? As long as you don't die, I guess. From the scientific worldview and the will to power worldview, death is, I guess, fine. Who cares? And what um, what Vogelin argues, and then I kind of take this more into kind of a presuppositional apologetics, but uh, you can find it in Vogelin, is that when so what is knowledge? Um, how can how can you have knowledge? You can only have knowledge if there is an intelligible world to actually know, number one. And there can only be an intelligible world that can be known if there's a necessary preconditions 
for that knowledge, i.e. that there is actually something that transcends, that's a transcendent ground of that order in being, which we know is God. So that really is understood. How is science possible and when are you doing science? When in a Christian paradigm, as soon as you commit the kind of Nietzschean deicides, as soon as you start to um, destroy the paradigm, right, which is what the Gnostic does and rejects that, it can no longer actually be grounded as science. Now, that's not to say, uh, I know we had some debates on this too, that atheists and other people outside of an orthodox worldview can't actually know things can't actually for example let's say uh we use this example today um you got an atheist and he's doing math and he gets the right conclusion so he has a true belief and he uses the right means to actually get there so he has kind of a reliable method in which he's justified i would say as an orthodox christian that um, yeah, of course he knows, but there's a big difference. Can in his worldview, can in somebody's philosophical or sociopolitical uh, worldview or other religious view give a coherent account for how knowledge is actually possible? So do you guys see the difference? One is somebody can have knowledge. The other one is, well, how do we actually give a coherent explanation of how that's actually possible? So that's one of the problems that, well, once you divorce yourself from the paradigm that would give a coherent account of the grounding and possibility for knowledge, which is, you know, I'm really kind of translating Vogelin's words into kind of like a more presuppositional apologetic Science, the articulation and grounding of science no longer becomes possible. Now, it doesn't mean that we can, that one can never do like actual good science, but it means that you've now, you can't ground it. And furthermore, you've actually opened up kind of a Pandora's box uh, for corruption and uh, the lack of kind of transparency and analysis that leads to um, scientism. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. I just wanted to set the kind of grounds of, well, how do we get in that place? For example, think about this. And I think that Americans today are, uh, you know, a lot of the normies out there are, uh, are really naive that about the state of uh, the political, ideological, social uh, ideas and affairs that are going on right now. Mm that like, well, we would never, we would never be deceived or lied to or- well, not by experts. By experts, right? Well, use this as a litmus test. So good science too, it should actually, you wanna falsify it, right? So just like in philosophy too, let's say in epistemology, like Descartes comes up with a, an evil demon thought experiment, not because he really thinks that that's the case, but he wants to create a, a situation in which he can analyze, okay, even the worst case scenario, what could I actually know? Now, I'm not saying Descartes ultimately was successful. I have critiques of his epistemology and his thought experiments and stuff like that. But in principle, there's nothing wrong. We do this in ethics too. 
you can conceive of the worst case scenario such that you can f uh, use that as kind of a litmus test and pass things through so you can actually get a principle and be like, okay, well, I, I think I'm pretty then justified in holding this as being true. We'll use this as a litmus test, as a thought experiment. You're in this time uh, under Stalin, the Soviet, or you're in Hitler's Germany or something like that. How would you, as either an ordinary citizen or uh, somebody actually doing science itself, actually know if it's being corrupted by the ideology? Once you figure that out, then apply that same standard to what's going on. Well, then I should be able to use that same, how do I know, right? And that's ultimately what I keep trying to get people to dig into and kind of introspect that how do I know I'm not actually being deceived? Um, what are the conditions that would justify me in actually assenting to like, yeah, this would be good science. I don't think this is good science. Nobody kind of takes that critical mode. That's a sign itself that we've moved out of science and into kind of a religious fundamentalist dogmatic which we would call scientism, right? And I'll give some other kind of maybe necessary conditions for scientism. Anyways, questions about that so far? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me come over here. We've got a couple questions that were maybe some statements at least. Uh, if you guys got any questions or comments that you guys want us to read, if you're watching on YouTube, best way to do that is through the Streamlabs. Of course, the top tipper gets to go to Mars for free and yeah. get your consciousness uploaded into the cloud and forever live in Google is an avatar. Um, and uh, so the, the link is in the description there for the Streamlabs. Um, let me see. I got a, got a Streamlabs here. Thank you. We got one, one Streamlabs from YouTube. Austin Horton, the one person on YouTube that doesn't wow. take the show for granted. Austin likes it. He gives five buck donation. Says, good stuff and I love your work. Maybe one day your bigot wife will accept your transition, <laughs> Christina. She accepts it now. I mean, I've pretty much, she accepts it. I just, through repetition, you know, they say repetition is the greatest form of mind control. She now believes that she's a lesbian. Um, um, we, got, uh, we got a couple tips over here. ELC, what's up, ELC? ELC tips five bucks says on the prolongation of life. Even that may be going away. Currently reading Deep Nutrition by Dr. Catherine Shanahan, and she posits that current 40-year-olds will live less long than their parents because they tend to have joint and heart problems because their parents didn't at, uh, that their parents didn't at their age. She says it will be even worse for millennials due to all our chronic conditions at young ages. You know, it's, it's already been projected that the millennials will live less, you know, they have less wow. longevity than previous generations. Um, you know, our generations are becoming more and more sick. They're becoming more and more diseased. You know, the uh, Western well, price. Well, obviously, the problem is the physical body. That's why you got to get rid of that and uh, upload yeah. yourself into the cloud, right? Your body is just a cage. You have to escape the cage of your body. What do they call them? Yourself. Sleeves in the AI. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, that's what they say. They say sleeves. No, so they've got this like that's these projects that they actually talk about that. Once you're uploading them to um, one of these, that's all actually I am. Like, if you ever want to know what I am, I'm, I'm just that. That's all I am. <laughs> zip, zip drive. Okay, I'm on my body. Um, 
obviously in my mind, in my mind, what's my mind? Well, my mind's simply just a, a series of kind of rules and functions that once I learn that and upload that to there, that, that's really Father Deacon right there. Right. No, they, then, they do want to tell you that these avatars are like your whole, if we just map your, your responses to stimulus and create a model of you in a virtual world, that's basically you is what they're trying to tell yeah. you. Because a recording of me <laughs> and yeah. me are the same thing, right? Um, then what you can do is you can just, when this old body gets worn down, mm. you can just get another sleeve and then just plug in and activate, right? See how that? Yeah. See how that works? Right? Or I guess we could go um, here. Come here. I'm trying to use you for example. Come here. We could use, we could go trans species. Exactly. We could just plug that in, and now Father Deacon Ananias is. That's a cat. actually not a cat. That's actually Father Deacon. The Father Father Deacon Ananias is actually in there. He's in the cat. Yeah. So those are just my avatars, yeah. and see how awesome science is. The, the wonders of modern technology. It's just with it. technology. Will this is what you get sold on? It's going to give you everything. Technology is going to propel you into the eschaton. It's going to get you past the barriers of physical existence and into an infinite cosmos where anything is possible, right? So it's all just, a lot of it just plays on like your, your vain imaginations at a certain level too, of like you just, you're going to be, you can have an avatar and be super hot. You'll be hotter in your avatar than you ever would in real life. You'll be smarter. You'll be better. It's going to make you everything else. It's your digital appendage of your, of your, your scientism devices is going to become, you know, this, uh, th this great extension of yourself that's going to ultimately turn you into a god, right? Which is, you know, of course, the, the promise that the serpent gave in the garden. You're going to be as gods. You're going to live um, forever. But yeah, like ELC, thank you, ELC, for that tip, man, on, on Rockfin. And, uh, and yeah, I definitely agree. We're not going to live longer. Uh, we're already seeing, I mean, it's, it, it was unheard of in my parents' generation to have people in their early 20s dying of cancer, right? Like by the time I was in my mid-20s, I already knew several people who were my age who had brain tumors, who had cancers, and it's just, it's getting worse every single year. It's horrible. And what, who knows what's going to happen now that everybody's uh, um, being uh, you know, cured with the, the wonders of modern science in a coerced fashion globally now in response to this, um, you know, this, this recent... Um, Invisible enemy. So yeah, thank you very much, Michael. Michael Abbott. This is a good one. He says uh, he tipped five bucks. Says, is it possible that metaphysical materialism rules the world, and when it collapses, it erases history to retry it all over? I mean, that's the Gnost Isn't that the Gnostic worldview? The material, like every, like the the, the, yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's nihilism, right? The eternal recurrence. Yeah. That's that's some that's a the Nietzschean hellscape that he uh, eventually died perhaps still believing in a destroyed and then recreated every mm -hmm. like like it's that. funny because Bertrand russell actually says uh has like some thought experiment where uh what if there really isn't kind of any identity over time you know being a materialist that uh you're just recreated and destroyed every millisecond Whatever created means in his work. Right, right. He doesn't believe in a creation. And you're, like, you're, you're like a self-assembling. I got I actually have Bertrand Russell right here. Here's a great quote from his book, The Scientific Outlook 
you'll you'll appreciate this. This is from his chapter called Scientific Metaphysics. Uh, he says, It is, I suppose, natural that every man should fill the vacuum left by the disappearance of belief in physical laws as best he may, and that he should use for this purpose any odds and ends of unfounded belief which had previously no room to expand. So he even said like, there is no real... There are no real physical laws because you know there there is no real truth. Right? But and then later he he says in the same chapter, uh, not that he admits that science scientism and the scientific outlook has metaphysical presuppositions that can't be reconciled in the worldview. And then he says, not that I would undervalue science as a metaphysic, but the value of science as metaphysic belongs in another sphere. It belongs with religion and art and love, with the pursuit of the beatific vision with the Promethean madness that leads the greatest men to strive to become gods. Perhaps the only ultimate value of human life is found in this Promethean madness. But it is a value that is religious, not political, or even moral. So then he goes on to say, until, re until quite recently, men of science have felt themselves the high priests of a noble cult, namely the cult of truth. Not truth as the religious sects understand it, i.e. as the battleground of a, a collection of dogmatists, of course, yeah. Uh, but, but truth as a quest, a vision faintly appearing and again vanishing, a hoped-for sun to meet the Heracletian fire in the soul. The soul which he denies exists, uh, you know, of course. <laughs> uh, it's there's so much gobbledygook there that just really is contradicted. This is so much funny. Have you seen this uh, in... The chapter artificially created societies. Is this at the in the scientific outlook? Yeah. So the technique and society chapter. Right after technique and society. Um, technique and society, and then it goes on to scientific. So he's going to outline a whole thing about like how science oh, is, is yeah. going to create this kind of utopia. Whether men will be happy in this this paradise, I do not know. Hmm. Perhaps biochemistry will show us how to make any man happy, provided he has the necessity uh, of life. Um, perhaps dangerous sports will be organized for those whose boredom would otherwise turn into... <laughs> Sound familiar? Perhaps sports will take on the cruelty which have been banished from politics. Perhaps football will be replaced with play battles in the air, which death will be the penalty... <laughs> Right, it goes on. It gets so ridiculous, um, and then it goes into. There will of course be a universal language, and he just lists it right here, which will either be Esperanto, Esperanto or <laughs> Esperanto is the true language of science, <laughs> or Pigeon English, because they'll just make everyone retarded so they can't speak English. Ah, uh, this one's good. Um, Let's see. Since outlook and emotional background will be considered unsettling, serious students of history will be able to obtain a permit from the government to study such works as Hamlet and Othello. <laughs> the, the general public will be forbidden access to them yes. on the ground that they glorify um, private murder, or whatever. Which, of um, course, is not. Oh, which, of course, he can't. He can't really condemn in his worldview and admits it. He doesn't believe that morality is real. But we should condemn certain things because they're morally wrong. Then I will be out. Pirates and Red Indians or uh, books about them are outlawed too. Of course, I mean, science obviously would tell us that. Um, 
But then I think I'm trying to remember the part where, oh man, where he talks about um, overpopulation and euthanasia. Like, oh, euthanasia, I know it's got a bad name, but um, a bad rap. And people will be kind of turned off to that. But with certain social conditioning, we can get around that. I was just like straight up, right out of. But but again, the death cult. It's like, like oh, we we have to exalt death. We it, it ends up becoming this like worship of destruction. Malthusian death cult, dude. Yeah, I mean it, that's what it is, right? I mean it's 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 the the exaltation of destruction. It's nihilism, right? I guess that's the the end result of nihilism is the attempted destruction of belief in God. And they end up exalting and worshiping anything else in the place of God, including themselves, whatever lusts and passions get uh, get unleashed, and that becomes the the, the new God, you know, the will to power. And you're going to see these themes. I know that you talked about. I think Jay, you've talked about this too. Um, this kind of Darwinianism and and the Malthusianism kind of combined to. Uh, that we need the death to evolve. So they're going to be a death cult. They're going to promote this. Um, Jonas saw survival of the wisest, right? Yeah. Um, but this is, and then I'm also thinking about this to Arthur Kessler's The Ghost in the Machine mutating into the future. Doesn't that sound really fun? That sounds, that sounds great. I want to. I want to be. That's a really. Which X Men would you be if you mutated? Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. You were one of the ones that made it. You were, um, not one of the fittest. The elect. So yeah, you don't get to notice. Yeah, that you've got these religious, the religious themes, right? And there is a kind of religiousosity, um, to scientism itself. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-science. I'm trying to actually do good science and establish an environment in which it's not easy for science to be corrupted, the use of propaganda, um, that it's not corrupted into pseudoscience, into scientism. So that's really what I'm trying yeah. to do. There's a difference between science, the scientific method, you know, an exploration, you know, an exploration of physical phenomenon using... Uh, exploration of hypotheses and proving hypotheses right or wrong through experimentation there's validity to it but it's when you you know the the people who are telling you follow the science don't want you to actually understand what the scientific method is you know they they want you to worship yeah. it they want you to believe that science is going to give you little cute dinosaur babies and that Jeff Goldblum is going to you know Jeff Goldblum is the you know the, the this great um Ethis, ethical philosopher of science because of chaos mathematics and that the uh, you know the, the UFO space brothers are going to are going to come and reveal to you who's your daddy your cosmic space brothers are your daddy um th this is what you're being sold it's not real actual science you're being sold on a worldview yeah that and that's a cult like tactic too so one of the themes of like a cult right um there's a mythology right there's a story that's told um, but told in such a way that it decreases uh, critical thinking, right? I mean, how many, how many cults have you found that are actually uh, teaching their cult members uh, logic? 
right? In critical thinking. No, no, right. Like, you never. <laughs> no, so it's, it's the, the same thing the too. And this ties into what I argue and what Eric Vogelman argues in, in science, politics, and Gnosticism that makes this a modern form of Gnosticism is uh, the concealment um, of the kind of of the crime that it's actually committed, right? So you don't want people to actually see that what you're doing is not actually science. So you need to conceal that. And he goes through the different political philosophers, like going through Machiavelli and Marx, to show that, you know, this is what Marxism does. This is what Hegel does, mm -hmm. what National Socialism does, um, that that society and that paradigm, which really is a dream world, a mythology that's created, right? That severs and removes God as the intelligible ground of that being, right? And creates a speculative uh, dream world, right? right. With, um, its own, that, with its own creation myth, its own mythology, its, with own, its own So you're going to have all these similar elements and stuff like that, but built within that story, and as I always say, the operating system, is a concealment. Um, this is why Vogan calls it, if you're purposely trying to hide something, um, this is what actually is deceptive about, and he calls it uh, the intellectual swindle. Hmm. He says, uh, Vogelin states, Marx's prohibition of questions has to be characterized as an attempt to protect the intellectual swindle, right? So what am I really doing? I'm tricking you. Right. I'm deceiving you, whether you think it's science or paradise or whatever that I'm providing, I'm tricking you because it's not actually that. Right. But I can't let you find that out. Right. Mm. So what do I do? I create a system and narrative that makes such questioning impossible. Um, and for. He says, for the adept, from the standpoint of the adept marks, the swindle was the truth that he had created through the speculation of the prohibition of questions was designed to defend the truth of the system against the unreason of men. And later he goes on and make sure you always use the term science or knowledge in the cover up of the swindle that you just did on the folk, the good folk out there. Um, so that's kind of a hallmark of science. So notice what, what's going on with everything that you pointed out you can't inquire into this stuff is this actually science um is mm -hmm. evolution this darwinian evolution this mouth you know combined with this malthusian idea is that is that a myth or it's you can't ask that yeah you have to right? presuppose it right and, and you if you when you actually start to explore if this is scientifically valid some a lot of these bedrocks of modern scientism and these you know the creation myth of scientism just falls apart you yeah. know the, the, just the self-assembling cosmic goo that's just pond scum that eventually evolved into an uh you know a, a rat and then you know you're great you share a common ancestor with rocks and bananas and uh and and shrews and uh and and therefore you have to save evolution from itself by killing yourself because there's too many of you, because you exhale bad CO2, which evolution accidentally made. And you're, it's like there's this, it, it ends up in this insane, self-refuting Gnostic weirdness, um, which is, 
I I got the I got this clip pulled up from uh, from Jurassic Park. Remember the scene where, you know, this the the great philosopher yeah, of science is uh, is Jeff Goldblum. So yeah, notice he's going to take the place of the traditional wise one. The philosopher, he's the ethic. Right? He's the ethical guy. I mean, he's the only so, one who's doing ethics. <laughs> yeah, this is very kind of postmodern to this kind of idea that you find within scientism <laughs> itself that. All other disciplines, and I'm going to talk about that part of what scientism is, is the appluization of this particular kind of empirical mode of knowing as the only mode of knowing. And so, uh, as Del Noche describes, itself becomes totalitarian because it cannot allow for other modes of knowing, philosophy, ethics. So what you're going to find um, with the like uh, Tyson, uh, what's his name? Neil, our Neil, boy Neil. Neil, Neil deGrasse um, Tyson. Give me some of the, the other, uh, Lawrence Krauss, all these people. Well, philosophy is, is dumb and needs to be eliminated. Why? Because, well, the scientist has yeah. taken the place of, I think. Well, Dawkins gonna, says the same thing. Dawkins claims. Dawkins, that. all the new atheists say the same thing. I think you're actually going to see that manifest in that scene. No longer is the yeah. ethician needed, the philosopher, the priest, um, I guess maybe even psychologist. Well, what's so funny have, about this character too is he's like the you know he's a chaos mathemat mathematics guy, and he's his whole thing is basically nihilism, but like there's it's like a nihilism towards the physical, but then he somehow makes these ethical arguments throughout the whole film and like you know he's like the most nihilistic in many ways but his like i guess his gnostic you know chaos mathematics where you can't really predict any true outcome this leads him to this you know ethical ground well yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't so make sense it's stupid and paradoxical you'll also see here too that so if everything's chaos there is no intelligible order there's nothing to know so you're making a science of mathematics about nothing. I, what do you specialize in? I specialize in the in the science of knowing, um, not knowing. Yeah. Well, in this scene, he <laughs> seems he specializes in the the arts of of using science to seduce the hot blonde chick. Oh, that's great. That's a great. It ties perfectly into <laughs> this is the Marxian um, swindle that that Vogelin's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. It's not really about knowledge, right? It's about what? Persuading, mm -hmm. right? So it's the whole thing's just a bullcrap theory, right? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Flower it up enough, right, where you look smarter than the other person and conceal what you're actually doing, that he's a pickup artist. Yeah, that's what he to, does like, here. get in bed with her, right? Exactly. That's, it's a perfect, like, uh, commentary of what's actually all these kind of stupid systems are. Yeah, this is what it's this like, is Spielberg is such a, he's such a weird dude, but actually this movie, I think it's, uh, the, the source material's better, though. Have you, did you ever read Crichton's book, the, like, the book Jurassic Park? It's actually, it's something like 600 pages or something, it's a novel, and it's actually better than the film in a lot of ways. Like it's, mm -hmm. it goes in, in better critique on all these characters get uh, get fleshed out more. Here, I'll, here I'll play this. Uh, oops. Of course, he's on his science computer, right? 
omniscient science computer? Uh, now, now, eventually, you do plan to have dinosaurs on your on your dinosaur tour, right? Hello. Tyrannosaur uh, uh, doesn't have any set patterns or, or park schedules. The essence uh, of chaos. It's still not clear on chaos. Oh, oh, it, 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 it uh, simply deals with predictability and complex systems. The shorthand is the, the butterfly effect. The butterfly can flap its wings and be in the central park and get rain and stay essential. See, he's already one. I go to bed. Because he's just used a bunch of fancy terms and like confused her. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, oh, you're so smart. smart. Can you unbutton another button on your shirt, please? I want to see more chest hair. Like, (laughs) do 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 you need some? uh, Do you need some like some more hair gel for your chest hair? Uh, <laughs> We're going to conduct an experiment. It should be still. The car is bouncing up and down. But that's a, it's just an example. Now, put your hand flat like a hieroglyphic. Now, let's say a drop of water falls in your hand. Which way is the drop going to roll off? Which way is the thumb or the other side? Aha. Okay. Okay. Now, freeze your hand. Freeze your hand. Don't move. I'm going to do the same thing. Start the same. Stay in place again. Which okay. way are you going to roll off? Let's say that. Same way. Same way. Same way. Wow. Whoa! Because tiny Oh, science! Uh, the, the orientation of the hairs on your hands. Yeah, oh, look at this. Um, the amount of blood distending your vessels and perfection. Starts touching her up. <laughs> and never repeat. See how science works? That's unpredictability. Unpredictability. Look at this. See? See? I'm right again. Nobody could have predicted that Dr. Grant would suddenly suddenly jump out of a moving vehicle. Oh, pause it. That's a good, another good one, too. Um, the non... Uh, scientism, pseudoscience, the, non-falsi- uh, the non-falsifiability, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, notice what he does right there. Well, you can't disprove his theory because then he's like, well, see? Exactly. Random. He just... That's just everything that happens. There. like Everything it, proves your theory and nothing can disprove it. Yeah, everything. And, and if and everything that happens that you can't explain is explained by the principle of the of, of chaos. So it's like, I mean, it does... And the, you know, the chaos... It's uh, a total pseudoscience tactic. Yeah. But but it's this is mathematics, bro. I mean, this is like, this is fully... He, he's telling this girl, he's like, look... This this is uh this is the science. This is the yeah. Yeah, she should have been like. Look at the hairs on your hand. You don't want to be anti math, do you? Right. I mean, what if your parents were to find out you were an anti mather? Anti mather. Don't be an anti mather, right? But it's like yeah, and, it, and of course the whole time it's uh you know him working his pickup artist seduction yeah. gig. So yeah, that, that's kind of the end of the scene. At the end of this, I think you know they get out and they see the. If it's, I think it's like the the Triceratops is, the dinosaur is there and they need to help the dinosaur. And... So good that illustrated uh, a lot of points that we actually want to make. Um, so you have the religious themes. You create a mythology. Um, 
but you do it in a Gnostic way that's not actually grounded in uh, the transcendent ground and the, uh, the ground of the intelligible order. So um, you get rid of that, right? That's where you're reading um, from Bertrand Russell, like Prometheus, the, the mythology of Prometheus hated the gods, Yeah. right? So that's kind of an apt phrase to actually... In, and man, modern man's hatred towards the gods, right? Towards God. And he becomes his own God. I'll do it on my own. Um, so, but you've got to hide. And it's no longer science, right? Once you do yep. that. So then you've got to hide your crime. You've got to do the, you have to seduce the people, right? Just like Jeff, right? So you've got oh, yeah, to yeah. use all these words and make it seem like science and math when it's actually not at all. That's mm. that's the great cover-up, Gnostic cover-up. And then, then even um, give them a system of morality and ethics that's completely contradictory to the basic presuppositions of the worldview, right? That everything is just chaos, you can't predict anything. If everything is just constant flux and chaos and you can never really truly know anything, how can you truly know what is good or bad, right or wrong? You can't. Now, but his character in this film, which I think is perfectly illustrative, even it, whether it's by accident or not, maybe Crichton uh, was was really pondering on these things. Um, Spielberg, you know, Spielberg's not a fool. He's uh, he's a weirdo. He's not a fool. He might be a reprobate, but he's not a yeah. He's, he's, he's a degenerate, terrible guy, but he's not a fool. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, there's this scene. Do you remember this scene where he talks? He gives him an ethics lecture. You want to? Should we should we play this one next? Whenever you're ready. Yeah. Cool. Let me uh, here. Let me, I got a couple more. Uh, we got. I, oh, we got a super chat too. We got a super chat from the super chat called "Is Human Milk Vegan?" He sent. He donated. He he's the top bigot. Look at that. Rescuing the rescuing you reprobate people on YouTube who uh, who, who refuse to support this stream via the stream labs. He is rescuing the stream yeah. and supporting it. Is human milk vegan? Donated fifty bones. Says uh, fifty dinosaur bones. In fact, uh, which we're gonna turn that directly into gasoline using science. He says, "Do you have thoughts on Saint Paisios's prophecies?" Uh, it's probably a better question for uh, Father Deacon Doctor Ananias. I've I've read some, but I it doesn't matter what I think. I have no, I'm not clergy. I'm not a. You know. Um, we, we have to be extremely careful about like again like interpreting those whether he meant them to be prophecies, uh, what context they were given in, um, and you know prophecies really kind of it's not meant to be like a palm readings um to like tell me who's my am i gonna win the lottery or something like that hmm. prophecies really are kind of like best understood when the events are happening um but i think we could use it in this sense of be on what be on guard use that as you know possibly like uh what's the word i want to use possible clues of, of stuff that could happen in the future so mm -hmm. that we're because we're called to be watchful and wakeful right and i think we can use that as that i don't necessarily the, the prophecies in the sense that you normally think about them or if he even intended that yeah. um but the things too that we could use um 
to possibly be aware of things that could come in the future, but not, they're not infallible truths or not. I wouldn't necessarily yeah. consider them to be prophecies in themselves or something like that. Yeah. He so pro- I don't we, think we he don't ever know. said, he, I don't think he ever claimed that they would be either. You know, what the, what the one that strikes me, the one that I remember most strikingly is the one about the, the shot <clears throat> and uh, why people mm-hmm. would want to avoid a certain situation where everybody in the world was being coerced to take a shot. That does seem kind of prescient. I, I forgot. I can't yet use them just to stay awake. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I guess I could have, like, that could happen. I could see that. And again, is there, they're more fulfilled, different things like that. Um, that becomes important too. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, we got, Thank look you. at this. We woke up the YouTube bigots. We got another yeah. one trying to stepping into the fray here. Second place. We're, I'm not sure who, we don't know. We can't say who's going to get, you know, it's just, if, if we do live in a chaos math reality, we could get science juice, no more science juice left. Oh man. I know. I was just thinking that like running out. Science failed me. Right. Why didn't science give you a 12 pack of science juice in a can? Strawberry flavored. Um, yeah, by the way, it's not juice. You know, I don't drink sugar. It's water. Science water. Sparkling water with a naturally science flavored <laughs> strawberries. Naturally flavored. I like it. You know, I mean, I know. natural flavor you know, can include some dubious things. You know, well, there, there's another good, there's a good, another kind of like natural. Uh, yeah, use of like pseudo, like kind of like scientism, pseudoscience, right? Yeah, we've got naturally the precision, natural. precision plutonium fermented strawberry flavored. <laughs> and you can never actually, they never provide you what natural f- flavors are. So there's another yeah. concealment right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, let's assume the best though, right? Let's assume the best. And it was brought to us by science, right. distributed us by, um, it says, Distributed by Jaina. your ever-loving technocrat, the only true lovers of mankind. Huh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. P.S. Sterilize yourselves. <laughs> go, go kill yourself. Right, that's, that's always the message. Oh, we love you so much, but there's too many that's of you. True. And if you would just, yeah. if we could just create more death amongst you, then we could, you know, we could have this great utopia. It's such a, it's always backwards like that with these technocrats. I can't it is they not GMO that. verified, though, so that's verified. good. By who? Dr. Fauci? Yeah, exactly. Who put that stamp on there? How can I trust this? Well, if, if they put a Dr. Fauci BB, face on it. BPA-free. It's got a heart on here. I don't know what that means. BPA-free. In a What's the can. U? I think, I think the U is um, kosher mm. and gluten-free. Like any of my water, like where did you get your water? Well, I genetically modified my water using tons of gluten and plastics. Um. <laughs> Free BPA. Um, we got WebJ0219, donated 25 bucks, says YouTube bigots. He's calling out the YouTube bigots. He's, he's the number two in the YouTube bigot chat over there. Thank you. You guys are now, you guys are ahead of Rockfin now. Now YouTube... I got, I got to stop. Uh, I got to start ragging on YouTube. You guys actually, <laughs> you guys have sent more of your science tips, uh, you, more of your science notes, your Federal Reserve science notes than than Rockfin has. So shout out to the YouTube crew. We're back on YouTube. Um, 
Thank you guys very much. Let's see. I got a couple. I got a couple tips over here. ELC says instead of spreading Esperanto worldwide, they just made English into the new Esperanto. Uh, yeah, they just destroyed English and just. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. You get another one from ELC. Thanks, ELC. Uh, says part of this convo made me think reading those Dune prequel novels where some of the villains are oh. humans who physically cut their brains out and transplant them into giant robots, then give themselves really cringy and LARPy new names from Greco-Roman mythology like Agamemnon, Ajax, Juno, Agamemnon, Ajax, Juno, etc. They collectively called themselves the Titans. How interesting! Yeah, the, you can't get rid of the idea of gods. You know, you, uh, scientism makes the you know the space brothers or the uh, the technocratic elite become the new gods. You know, the uh, the whoever's at the front, the the spear tip of evolution is uh, are the new gods, and they're and it, you, you can't get away from that. They still have their gods in scientism, don't they? Yeah. Gregory Lee says, my mom's getting into functional medicine. Uh, what do you think of that and how the more base, the more holistic approach will be hijacked, perhaps hijacked by the ruler class? Hey, I think uh, functional medicine can be a great approach. Uh, it, you know, you're going to want to look at getting different types of uh, certifications. And you know, I think a lot of these functional medicine practitioners are much better informed than standard uh, physicians who... Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, a lot of these functional medicine practitioners practitioners are not just big pharma middle. But wait a minute, can you actually make that into a scientific statement that can be verified by the FDA? Oh, and sorry, the Rockefeller funded. Um, yeah, I put quotes around that, and at the end, I say quote from Dr. Fauci. There we go. Then it's true. Touche is the uh, the correct the only correct answer to that is touche. <laughs> ELC says natural flavors and food drink is definitely not Orwellian at all. No, sir. <laughs> thank you, ELC. Thank you, Tracy Wiegman. Thank you, everybody over there on YouTube for uh, for sending the tips. We appreciate that. So let's, uh, yeah, let's let's watch this. Um, we might not even get to the. La we might not even have to talk about the last part. We've already gone almost an hour and a half. I know this is great. Great stream. So I'm far. having great fun with you guys and, and Trist Tristina. Thank you. Thank Trist you. Uh, do you like Tristina or Tristana? It just depends. I mean, uh, I can find something to be offended about pretty much at any given moment. So, I mean, just whatever you want. If, if I want to gain control over you in, in, a, in a psychopathic way, I'll just pretend to be offended no matter what you say. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the, true, uh, the true ways of progress uh, and science. So yeah, maybe I'll just take the last part out of it and we'll, just, we'll, we'll keep talking about scientism and the myth of progress well, and we'll do another stream. We do another stream. What was that from? Um, yeah, we'll do another stream, like part two of this, where yeah. we go into like the other stuff. But um, you all remember what? Um, uh, what is Leonardo DiCaprio plays uh, the airplane dude? Gilbert um, Grape. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> remember when he played Gilbert Grape? Uh, Howard Hughes. Oh, you know that was yeah, that was a that was a funny one. Way, way, way of the future. Way, way of the future. Way, 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 way of the future. <laughs> the myth of progress. There, he he got it. The aviator. Howard Hughes had already figured out scientism's cover up of the myth of progress. That he was just having a hard time get, get getting it. Wait, it out. The way of the future. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. You should find you should find that clip too. It's hilarious to play after this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got this one. I've got a. I've also got a, a recent clip that we can. You know, we can we can talk about this. I do have a clip of Dr. Fauci that's been famously uh, spreading all over the internet today. The, you know, the, the high priest of scientism today. I think we can talk in generalities about about uh, about homeboy okay. Fauci without uh, hopefully getting removed from YouTube. We'll see what happens on that. But I think you can. Uh, we can talk about that. We don't have to get too deep into the. Uh, Viral, the new viral cult that's gone viral, and unmask the cult of the viral cult. Uh, if you know what I mean. All right, here let's let's watch the next clip from Jurassic Park, where we get to learn about the ethics of scientism. And this kind of reflects. I don't know. This scene does it does kind of remind me of Bertrand Russell's goofy book, The Scientific Outlook, which is very uh, unscientific in every single page. In every way, so yeah. Let's let's listen to this first, though. Turn off desktop audio. There we go. First, way in the future. Way in the future. <laughs> <laughs> let's play, 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 play this. <laughs> Oops, it's it's muted. Excuse me. After that absolutely spectacular design, spare no expense, and we can charge anything we want. Two thousand a day, two thousand a day, and people will pay it. And then there's the merchandise. Donald, This park is not going to cater only for the super rich. It's not Everyone loud enough. in the world has the right to enjoy these outfits. Sure. <laughs> what, we'll have a, a coupon day or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, money. <laughs> we'll make so much money from this science. <laughs> yes, yes. The, law the lawyer and the... Uh, and the, the philanthropist, right? Well, how funny, too, that it's, it's Attenborough, right? It, it's Sir Richard Attenborough, who's a brother of David Attenborough, who's just a staunch and rapacious advocate of depopulation. And, uh, oh, we must do this because of the science. The science tells us we must remove most of the humans from planet Earth. You know, this is the brother of him. This guy, he's actually a lord. He, he was a lord. Now, he, now he, he is a lord no more because he did but yeah, this is Sir, Sir Richard Attenborough here. Before nature. Here it is. Oh, okay, this is the best. <laughs> he's disturbed. Like uh, Ian Malcolm, he, he can't have it. He's like, you guys are playing with something you shouldn't be playing with. And the chaos mathematic tells me that this is wrong. Yeah. The lack of humility before nature that's being displayed here. Stacks. Well, thank you, Dr. Malcolm, but I think things are a little bit different than you and I had feared. Yeah, I know. They're a lot worse. Now, wait a second. Now, we haven't even seen the problem. Don't, 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 don't let him talk. There's no reason. No, I want to hear a review part. I really do. Yeah, don't you see the danger, John, uh, inherent uh, in what you're doing here? Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. It's hardly appropriate to start hurling generalizations, if I may. Well, there's kind of an assumption right there, too, right? This idea that genetic power, access to the genome, gives you ultimate power. And this is something that the Rockefeller Foundation was was fascinated with as a means of social control and, and, and creating a utopia. So, that, yeah, it's like this godlike power over genetics that um, he's referring to here. It's hardly appropriate... Uh, and what you're doing here, genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun. It's hardly appropriate to start hurling generalizations. If I may, um, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're, that you're using here. 
Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. <clears throat> like like chaos math, <laughs> where this where there's literally no discipline and you have you have no idea. There's no starting point, end point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, math math. A name that I just made up like two minutes ago. Chaos mathematics. <laughs> To get this lady in the back of the car, right? <laughs> but it's it, it's almost like you're you're irresponsible. Like you didn't have to do the work that I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't properly seduce the science. <laughs> they didn't properly look look at that look at that beautiful open open shirt. There's gold chain. It's just be- beautiful man that Jeff Goldblum in this movie. Peak Goldblum. If I may, um, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're that you're using here. Uh, it didn't require any discipline to attain it. You know, you read what others had done, and you and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it? Well, fuck. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Oh, oh, sick burn, sick burn, sick burn. Like, like you should have maybe should have stopped and thought if you should be seducing a woman right in front of her paleontologist husband. Oh. Just because you could doesn't mean you should, Jeff Goldblum. Come on, Jeff. Mr. Goldblum. That's Gold. so funny. I'll tell you the problem. <laughs> Jay says oh, chaos. Let, let me give you all these moral absolute, immutable absolutes that I learned from uh, ever-changing, chaotic, intellig- unintelligible yeah. world of, of flux from my uh, chaos mathematics that I just made up. <laughs> oh, this makes me almost want to read... Because I read Michael Crichton's book when I was like really young, and it goes way—it's so much more in depth on all these ideas of like genetic modification, um, messing with the human genome, and all this stuff. And it—it's actually—it's like more scientifically uh, uh, kind of literate than the film in many ways. And by the way, I think Michael Crichton, just to be fair, like I don't think he's pushing like he's not pro-scientism. I think that. It was more of a critique on science. It's a critique of science, right? Yeah. So he's actually, you know, and I talk about this in my paper too, that there's a fundamental shift between man of antiquity and um, modern man concerning technology because the myth's always like, well, they just weren't knowledgeable enough. They just didn't have the, the, the knowledge and technical means to. They actually did, but they didn't. Ancient man man of antiquity never grew that beyond what was necessary. Um, and what was necessary was always understood with under, with under God, with the religious and theological themes and, uh, you know, nature having real, you know, objective essences and stuff like that. However, modern man, if that no longer exists, the question of like, well, should we make this? Should we do it? Um, there is no more ends, right? To consider, right? There is no God or nature. Um, everything becomes a, a matter of means. So 
Should we create the, the bomb? What? Well, well, because, let's do it because we can. Mm. So it's this kind of, um, it's amazing because the, this myth of progress really is going into nowhere. There is no telos. There is no end anymore. It's simply, as Vogan calls it, the libido dominante. It's the, the will to power. Yeah. You make it. It's, a, it's all a question of means right now. I think that Michael Crichton's actually bringing that. He's using Jeff Goofus uh, Goldblum to actually bring that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if I remember correctly, the, the, the book Jurassic Park also talks about how like they're basically making a reconstruction of what they would have thought these dinosaurs would have looked like and we don't actually know what these things really were and we're adding different dna from uh, amphibians and modern uh, animals in this and we're actually creating this golem that's really not representative of the true past so then it calls into question if i remember correctly it does call into question the legitimacy of the of the the whole projecting Theory. into the past from looking at you know these bones and stuff which is of co- again a super important critique which is like yeah you know, the, the part of the modern scientism myth you've got the aliens in the future and you've got the dinosaurs in the past and this clearly proves that you used to be uh that you share a common ancestor with a banana you know that you had, you by the way a... you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of neo-pagans yes right? Yes, they're because they're like recreating the we, past. Basically. We really don't actually know what, but let's just take fragments of this different, recreate this. Mm. Oh my God, it's a monster! It's a golem. Um, and Absolutely. now, right, that is neo paganism for you. Yeah. So, so see how many cool things you can tie it to. It's funny because I, I was thinking about that earlier too. The great. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. Thank, yeah. F- Father Deacon, Doctor Ananias. By the way, he's got the Norwegian noose on YouTube. Make sure to follow his channel. Maybe maybe he'd be on Rockfin soon. See what's up. See what's up. Rockfin's been begging him to come on. Yeah, uh, they're, they're these guys. They um, won't stop bugging him. Right. Yeah. Right. Me saying we want to talk. We need to talk. Like we need. To, let's content. make a deal. Let's make a deal, bro. Yeah. It's like, hey, calm down. Calm down. I've got you know. You've got Disney Plus. I'm working also. on my science machine. Calm down. There. By the way, this is this is. I hope you guys carry around a science. What? Machine. What yeah. is this? That's amazing. What's in there? Beakers? Bunsen burners? Um, well, it's amazing. This actually creates clones of me. So I can scan myself into the science machine here. Yeah. See that? I see it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys can see that. Ah, I think and that's I what you put your butt myself. cheeks on. You're supposed to put butt cheeks on there and then and make and make paper copies in the ether. See, I even got my chaos mathematic numbers here that you can punch in. Yeah, you can call the past. You can call up your dinosaur ancestors on that, probably. So I can send out doppelgangers, clones of myself. I can actually create wormholes. Wait, hold on. There's a there's a special plate. So out here, you can basically this will actually this will actually compress matter and antimatter. That's what these two buttons here. Yeah, see that I see it. matter and antimatter. Obviously, and that'll actually create a wormhole. Yeah. That comes out like that. Uh-oh. And, careful, yeah. careful. You don't want out. to create a singularity because if you create a singularity... And then I can actually use the wormhole to travel back in time. <laughs> yeah, of course, obviously. To create new scientific theories and new theories about chaos uh, and so Absolutely. That's what I use. Um, I could sell this if I wanted to. 
That's amazing. But I think I think I'm just gonna sit on this investment for. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a great one. That's a great one. Hey, we got a we got a couple. Because you know what? Like, there's nothing more. What was it, Jeff Bloom? Uh, Goldblum said, "Jeff Goldblum." There's nothing more powerful than my ability to genetically modify myself in wormholes. And, nothing. Um, just because <laughs> I can make and sell this doesn't mean I should. Right. Right. And if you... we learned anything from, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh huh. Yeah, Jeff. 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 And Jeff Goldblum. He. Uh, I mean, he's really good at getting himself into wormholes. Um, let's move on. We got ELC tip two bucks. It says Richard was the less bad Attenborough brother for sure. Not as into D-pop as David and actually directed some decent films. Shadowlands was a solid C.S. Lewis biopic. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen, I've heard of Shadowlands. Thank you, though. Yeah, he's definitely seems like the least offensive of the two brothers. Maybe they have more siblings. Uh, ELC also tipped two bucks as modern science still can't replicate Greek fire. Ooh, sweet. Let's see. There was another one. All right, we had we had some back here from uh, from ELC as well. It says the Pope of Scientism literally said, "By attacking me, you are attacking science." So that was that was actually he he did a little bit of a. Um, that was a spoiler spoiler alert. We've got the uh, the Pope of scientism right here and we're gonna we're gonna check out another modern example of um uh, scientism and progress in uh in action oh here i gotta take this off my cat's trying to get my cat which is myself because remember i downloaded myself um has to get out you guys want out Enough science for you. Yeah, there's all science out. Anti-science cats. Sad. Science denying cats. Can you believe it? Yeah. Don't they appreciate? Don't they know where their food comes from? All right, here we go. So we got. Uh, wait one more second. Doctor Fauci, give us the truth. Uh, all right, here we go. Doctor Fauci. I guess this was yesterday. MSNBC. Oops. Point. What is your level of concern that we're going to discredit public health officials to the point of, you know, look at Russia. They actually had a good vaccine. <laughs> and none of their citizens will take it because they don't trust their own government. Right. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because oh. all of the things I've right. spoken about consistently hey, from the very beginning. <laughs> the tax By the way, science. let's let's combine Jeff Goldblum and Dr. Fauci. I'm, 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 a I'm, new I'm, character, the, the pickup artist, right? Uh, Who's picking up on you know young girls and says a denial of my pickup is a denial of science. <laughs> Like if oh, you if work. you if 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 you don't let me into to the worm the wormhole then then maybe, <laughs> maybe I, <laughs> you don't you don't like science yeah that's right on science uh, that see and none of their citizens will take it because they don't trust their own government right it's very dangerous Chuck because a lot this of what ridiculous. you're seeing. 
as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. <sighs> Sometimes yeah. those Just things we nailed that one, right? Like debunked, haters debunked. You, you know, you know, they actually they hate us because they ain't us. You know, that's uh, they, they they hate the science because they ain't the science, and I'm the science. By the way, I, next time I like, I can't even remember the last time I was actually pulled over by a officer of the law. But I'm gonna actually try those lines and be like, the only reason why you pulled me over, officer, a pulling over this car is a tap on science. Yes. <laughs> Everything that I've told Absolutely. you, spoken to you, has been scientifically backed up by him. So Let's see if I can actually do that to get out of a ticket. I can't believe he just... Yeah, the, the science told me to, to go 100 miles per hour. What are you talking about, <laughs> officer? This is, an, this is clearly an attack on science, you citing me for you know, driving under the influence. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Under the influence. Where do you think we got our beer from? It was from science. Driving under the influence. I mean, how could you get me arrested for drinking science? <laughs> Driving under the influence of science. <laughs> you know, look at Russia. They actually have a good vaccine. And none of their citizens will take it because oh, they don't trust their own government. The Russia. I, they all they combined Russia, the science. I love it. It's, so, it's all of it. Proves, it proves my point in some sense that um, if your quote-unquote science is embedded and located in the wrong kind of ideology or uh, socio-political um, structure, um, it is corrupted as far as knowing can you trust it. So, like, I think it's great. And, and the thing is, you know, think about, but we always think that doubting is a bad thing. We even think of like uh, St. Thomas, the apostle is like doubting Thomas so bad, but, um, and Christ corrects and says, you know, blessed are those Thomas that don't, he's, he's talking about those who won't see me and still know and believe in it. And, but notice that Thomas is doubting the questions. Where do they get him? They get him to the risen Christ. And so, what is Fauci telling us here? Like, don't doubt, don't question. Never doubt. Never don't question. Don't doubt. Don't actually try to figure out if your government's corrupt. Believe it isn't. Be a true American. Yeah. And um, trust the science. Yeah, don't be a Russian. You don't want to be a Russian, do you? You don't want to be a Russian, do you? I mean, they don't believe in science there. And, they, and in fact, they don't trust in their public health officials in Russia either. You know? And they also don't let Jeff Goldblum put drops of water and caress their, their woman's hands. Yeah, that woman's hands. Right. Do not want to be one of those Russians? Russians are they're, they're Russians. They're so, they're so insecure. The Russians. They're so oh, insecure. Oh, they don't allow degeneracy to be played on TV. Right? They don't, they're, they're so insecure about Jeff Goldblum caressing the women over in Russia. Good vaccine, and none of their citizens will take it because they don't trust their own government. Right. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks lie. on me, quite frankly, this. are attacks on science. Because <laughs> all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Uh, Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people. 
and there was you can't pushback. handle the science sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes I had to change my story about them, <laughs> but they're fundamentally science. And if you, if you don't like it, you're just a hater. Yeah, back against me. So if you are trying to you know get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going... I like how it's third person. And anybody that even remotely looks scientific. <laughs> That's how easy to say, right? If you won't let Jeff Goldblum drop drops of water and seduce your woman, you are fundamentally denying the science. Yeah. On clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. Ooh. That is what's going on. Science and the truth are being attacked. Oh! There we go. Dang. Hard. Inconvenient truths there from uh, from the priest. Well, I might as well. Is there a way I can, somewhere I can turn in my PhD? Like, I might as well just resign at this point. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, what, do we, what can we do? What else can I... Yeah, what else can I do? That's fine. What else you got? Just one more clip. One more Goldblum quick. I just I don't know something about Jeff Goldblum that's hilarious. But I haven't even I haven't seen this movie. I mean, he just gave like the the perfect like totalitarian dictator um like speech. I know, right? And just like you know painted up with science, like you know icing on the top of that cake. That was beautiful. Oops, did I even have it? I was actually inspired. Like, I really want to start actually using that, those lines. I, I didn't realize I didn't have it visual. We You guys only heard audio. You guys didn't get to see Fauci's beautiful face while he said that. And there's Oh, and you can actually do that for, like, uh, job interviews, too. Use that. I, true, yeah. Well, I mean, you already have that kind of... Me. You're obviously attacking science. No, you're, you're racist, transphobic... Right, homophobic. I mean, now that I'm. By the way, do you notice every all the things that I'm talking about? Um, where the Volkman talks about that the the modern Gnostic system creates the system so that the questions can't be answered. And it does it, and I explain this in many different ways too. Mm. But using this type of language, right? Um, and it's unquestioned. Hide what they're actually doing. Yeah, that it's actually not science. I have to play this one more time because I can't believe this is real life at this point. I feel, you know, this is, I, I can't believe he actually said this. Not only said this, but got away with it to a certain extent. I mean, MSNBC published this. They clipped this. So there must be a certain amount of people that that actually, uh, you know, maybe agree with it or buy into beginning it. Beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes... Back here, right? It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people, and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going on 
clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see Ooh. that. That is what's going on. Burn. Science and the truth are being attacked. Boom! <laughs> like a hammer drops. Oh, it also talks about to um that uh I think Dante Jermia was talking about this. Always or was it Dante Germino or it was um hold on, I have another author for you guys real quick for YouTube. That's quite important. Da, 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 da. It was you create the false dichotomy, right? That like you're either guy was actually with the terrorist. Yeah, either with the shines or with the terrorist. <laughs> uh, yeah, what the heck article? But that's that's actually where they're going with this, though, and where they've been going with it. You're either with the shines or with the terrorists. You're putting everyone at danger. We can't we can't get too much into the uh, into yeah. The Carlo Lancelotti talks about that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think John Gunn on uh, technocracy too. No, so if you I mean if you don't agree, you're an, an enemy of progress, right? You're an enemy of the the imminentization of the eschaton. You're an enemy of the utopia. You're an enemy of the people, the movement. You know, all these words that get, you know, they, they get flowered up and they get all this meaning gets projected on them. Um, that it, it's ultimately it's a, it's religious terminology, right? You're an enemy of the false god of scientism, right? So that's what they're really saying. You're an enemy of truth, right? Which you know, from the orthodox perspective, truth is is God. Truth is not. You know, this abstract thing that scientists, you know, uh, examine under their Somebody microscope. call MSNBC up and precept that man's word. Like, truth. Quiddies veritas. According to your worldview. Like, what is his worldview? Is he an atheist or something? Fauci's a Jesuit. He's a Jesuit? He was Jesuit trained. He says that he accredits the Jesuit schooling and his education to much of his success in his career. Um, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Surprise, right? Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah. Well, if he's from New York, I wonder if he came from Fordham. Oh, sure. I think it was... I forgot. It, it's... Uh, yeah. It's an, it, there's an article where he says in an interview oh, how he's very... How he's just so proud of his, uh, his Jesuit education and all of his Jesuit mentors and he wouldn't be who he is today and he wouldn't have... Uh, you know, been well, I wonder so if that's he could just be doing a hat tip. I like actually want to know what he believes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No, he's, I don't think he's an. I mean, he's not an actual. He's not a Jesuit. Probably not an initial, Probably not. I mean, what does that even mean now, too? Like Joe Biden's a practicing Roman Catholic. Well, yeah, that's good. <laughs> what does that mean? This day. <laughs> <That's what> <laughs> Here, could you, we got one more clip. We have to go back to. Uh, we gotta watch that, that. Yeah, let's watch that sour Anthony Fauci taste off our mouth and get some some of that Jeff Goldblum, the golden glow. Of Jeff Another Goldblum. good one would be uh, Doctor Strangelove too, where he's talking about like. Um, we'll have to select for them the, for the sexual prowess. And the, yeah, he <laughs> just starts using the whole like the, the perfect. It's like the perfect like technocratic like uh, 
Scientism he pulls out his little device. It will take approximately fifty years for the. <laughs> calculates the, uh, the the how long the fallout will will be. Yeah, here. And what's great is it totally takes on the appearance of a cult. What cult? Like, what's the one thing that cult always has? It's always like the cult member gets all the ladies, right? So it's like, well, naturally, we'll have to have like you know ten ladies to every man. Yeah. This is an astonishingly good idea. Yeah, this is the, the scene. This is one of the. That's a great film. But let, let's, we'll finish with Jurassic Park, and then we'll okay, go there, right? I'll because to... right because you do you have the idea of the omnipotent threat of the absolute supreme power of man taking control of the science, right? And you have this through genetic engineering, which is yeah. Jurassic Park. You have this through the super the super weapon, right? Like what the uh, the Collins brothers article about the the cult of the super weapon. And the the hyd the H bomb the atom bomb being the super weapon that could wipe out all of humanity, and it's like this idea of ultimate power through you know scientific discovery through Gnostic enlightenment and through. Um, well, notice about the virus too, like uh, mm. looking like that it's uh, it in fact was created by a lab and is so. We can't go too deep on that. We can't talk too much on that because we oh, all need right. to, yeah. unfortunately. We'll go to. <laughs> I'll go to. I'll go to second strike. It's actually it's more purgatory uh, in this okay. <laughs> second strike purgatory. All right, let's let's listen to Ian Malcolm again. I haven't seen this one. Should allow our magnificent, glorious dinosaurs. <laughs> magnificent, glorious dinosaurs. <laughs> the glory of science. The volcano. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so the natural, the volcano. Should we let? Should we intervene or let the volcano take out the glorious dinosaurs? Taken out by the volcano. The silence, please. As deeply sad as that would be, we altered the course of natural history. This is a correction. Are you suggesting? How come he got so old all of a sudden? He's all like gray. It's like thirty years later, isn't it? What's what year is this? I guess he didn't have a, uh, a science machine like I do to keep keep him young. Well, you never, you can't really tell because chaos math. You know, you don't really know. <laughs> you have no idea if this is the same Jeff Goldblum. That's right. He matters in his own hands. Said it with all due respect. God's not part of the equation. Is a correction. <laughs> oh wow! This is a correction. Are you suggesting that the Almighty is taking matters in his own hands? With all due respect, God's not part of the equation. No. What I mean is that in the last century, we amassed uh, landmark technological power, and we've consistently proven ourselves incapable of handling that power. Mm. Eighty years ago, who could have predicted nuclear proliferation? But then there it was. <laughs> and now we've got genetic power. So how long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? And what's going to be done with it? Spread around the globe? The extinction of the dinosaurs. The extinction of the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh no. Sure, I know what you're talking about. I'm talking about man-made cataclysmic <laughs> change. I'm talking about chaos mathematics. <laughs> change is like death. He's like, did you just have like a blonde woman I could talk to? Because I could explain this so much better if I was just alone with your wife. <laughs> If I could just get in a room with your wife, I could explain this so much better. <laughs> Changes like death. Death. 
You don't know what it looks like until you're standing at the gates. Uh, Chain. Death. So yeah, I mean that's yeah. That that does segue well into the, the strange love, right? You know, the character of Doctor Strange Love and you know this. God has nothing to do with this. There's no God. Right, right. No, it's just man, right? Man's abilities. Man's ability yeah. to destroy or to protect <laughs> the, the precious, the, what do you call it, the magnificent, glorious dinosaurs? Yeah, where are you getting all these, like, value-laden terms from, right? And there's more, like... Glory. Weird. Very, very, very strange. John Pro donated five bucks. Uh, says, uh, so many heresies, so little time to repent. Thank you, thank you, John Pro. I appreciate yeah. that. True, man. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, whew, nothing more to add to that. All right, here we go. Dr. Doctor Strange loves scenes. It's the president. It's the president. I would not rule out the chance to preserve a nucleus of human specimens. Mm-hmm. It would be quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> At the bottom of the, some of our deeper mind shafts. Mind shafts. Radioactivity would never penetrate a mine some thousands of feet deep. And in a matter of weeks, sufficient improvements in dwelling space could easily be provided. How long would you have to stay down there? Well, let's see now. Uh, cobalt sodium G. It's magic science measuring so device. Hmm. I would think that uh, possibly uh, 100 years. You mean people could actually stay down there for 100 years? It would not be difficult if your uh, nuclear reactors could... <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> nuclear reactors could provide power almost indefinitely. Greenhouses could maintain plant life. So it's like a mention of Operation Paperclip, too. Yeah, well, that's what he is. Clearly, he's a paperclip guy. He's still got his yeah. allegiance to uh, to the Reich. And, sure, yeah. Right. I mean, it, I mean, there's a lot of real stuff in in Doctor Strange Love, um, including you know the behind the scenes collaboration between you know all these heads of states from different blocks. You know, you got the Soviet guy here. You've mm-hmm. got the the German with the Americans all, you know, plotting over this map of the world and. But this idea, yeah, again, the idea of the, the ultimate power of destruction is just, um, you know, Gentlemen, there's no fighting in the war room. Even <laughs> slaughtered. Slaughtered. <laughs> survey would have to be made of all the available mine sites in the country. But I would guess that a dwelling space for several hundred thousand of our people could easily be provided. Well, I, I would hate to have to decide who stays up and who goes down. Well, that would not be necessary, Mr. President. Could easily be accomplished with a computer. <laughs> the computer could be set and programmed to accept factors from youth, health, sexual fertility, intelligence, <laughs> and a cross-section of necessary skills. Of course, it would be absolutely vital that our top government and military men be included to foster and empower the principles of leadership and tradition. It <laughs> looks at him too. But I mean, there's so much there to unpack as well. I mean, you know, this idea of, you know, the elect elite who will be the arc of civilization, science creating, 
you know, the, the ark. This is the ark of scientism, right? You know, we, we can kill off all the world, flood the world with, you know, nuclear holocausts and create a new order of the ages afterwards and, you know, emerge victorious over death and conquer death through, you know, taking control of death, right? So it's like, it's, it's an, again, this kind of inverted theology where, you know, instead of Christ rising from the dead, trampling down death by death and bestowing life to those in the tombs, it's man. Man will entomb himself and destroy everything and then, you know, reemerge victorious to remake the world and, and repopulate the new paradise with all the... By the way, this is all in Kant and, um, like, this kind of strategy, like, choosing different, like... You also have this Perdon, uh, uh, four years, sorry. Like, he has these different phalanxes. Or was it Perdon? I can't, I get the two mixed up. That will serve these kind of, and it's all scientifically planned and reasoned out. Scientific so, genocide. Actually, they would be prodigiously, eh? There would be much time and little to do. <laughs> But the, the proper breathing techniques and the ratio of... The, the, the proper chaos magic pickup artist yeah. techniques taught to you by Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Ten females to each male. I would guess that they could then work their way back to the present gross national product within, say, 20 years. But look here, Doctor, wouldn't this... Do you see how everything sanctified uh, and uh, put in an algorithm? Yeah. That that's um, something that Dr. Germino also brings up that in the 19th century in particular is this obsession with uh, kind of uh, formulas yeah. that like we can solve all of life's problems through um, these algorithms. Yeah. No, quantifying everything. I mean, he's got you know the, the repopulation of the planet, and even like human procreation. There's a proper <clears> breathing <throat> techniques. Like, there's no, you yeah. know, it's the removal. Of, there's no love. There's no idea of divine intervention at all in anybody's you know daily life from the worldview of Doctor Strange Love. It's all just scientific regimentation. Well, yeah, like Jeff Goldblum said, mm -hmm. God isn't um, a factor in this. Yeah. So that was actually good. He actually. Michael Crichton put that in there. Well, that's not even from... That's probably not even in anything to do with Crichton. That was like a recent one. I haven't seen that movie. I think it was 2018. Oh, that was, that was a different... Okay, I got Yeah, it was like a 2018 reboot, you know. A, a remake. Yeah. That's right. Like fifth try. Well, then that, it wasn't a good critique. It was probably some stupid Hollywood edition. Like, uh, science has to be atheistic. So make sure... <laughs> Let everybody know that. <laughs> right, right. So it's hard to tell if it's actually like if they're spoofing or critiquing or just yeah, embodying, know. right? It's, it's a fine line sometimes. That's why you got to know who the author is. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably just some you know producer or something that put that line in there. But to be so grief-stricken and anguished that they, well, envy the dead and not want to go on there. <clears throat> oh, sir. Excuse me. <laughs> also, then, 
they go down into the mine, everyone will still be alive. There will be no shocking memories. And the prevailing motion will be one of nostalgia for those left behind. Combined with a spirit of bold curiosity for the adventure ahead. <laughs> necessitate the abandonment of the so-called uh, monogamous sexual relationship, I mean, as far as men were concerned? Uh, regrettably, yes. But it is, you know, a sacrifice required for the future of the human race. <laughs> I hasten to add that since each man will be required to do prodigious service along his lines, the women will... That's in Okay, the, the necessity of rearranging our social life to align with the principles of the new scientific worldview, which of course requires genocide, eugenics. So the Saint Simonians, following uh, Saint Simone too, um, they preached a message of full psychic and physical liberation. And anticipated in many respects the attack on contemporary rap, uh, a repressive society. Inevitably, they're accused of advocating sexual promiscuity, right? Because uh, they spoke of free love. Um, and there was something else that I found in here really interesting, too. I think it was you get all this uh, a breakdown of the family and stuff. And kind of free uh, that you see in this too. That like, well, obviously for evolution's sake, we're going to have to just you know break down the family and have uh, no no longer we'll have any monogamous relationships. This is in Proudhon, I think, or Fourier. But what's crazy is that I found. Um, yeah, it's in Charles Fourier. One of his, his manuscript on sexual liberation called The New World of Love. Okay, now keep in mind, Fourier is in, is in 1772. This book of his, right, this advocating this stuff, this pro promiscuity and sexual liberation, um, well, it just remains unpublished until what the first time. Uh, guess what year? In the sixties. Nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, summer of, of. Yeah. Surprise! So surprise. Love, summer of lust. Well, it's in all that occult literature. Also, you had this huge flooding of yeah. um, occult literature that was kind of unparalleled. The only other time where there was such a huge release of occult um, material was pre-World War II Germany, right? Like before the rise. Well, did, yeah, and didn't that Crowley actually say he was ushering in the new AM? Yeah, absolutely, right? So yeah, it's a Dr. Strangelove, very very Crowleyan, isn't he? Yeah. That's the end of that clip anyways. But yeah, we got... Uh, we, uh, what else we got? 
<clears throat> What's that? Sorry. We got any uh, questions? Yeah, let's see. You guys got any questions or anything for Father Deacon Dr. Ananias, who you can find over at the Norwegian News on YouTube. Because, or if you just enjoyed the stream, you want to support via the Streamlabs. Um, let's see. Shaner tit two bucks. Didn't ask anything. Um, let's see if we got any other ones here. Yeah, I mean, this is this has been great. We should uh, we'll have to do another one about the uh, the cult of the uh, the the Kuf cult. I guess we can call it for now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Fa Father Deacon Doctor Ananias, I uh, we, we appreciate you coming on. Anything else? Anything else that comes to mind that we didn't hit on, or um, or yeah, where, where can people find you? Where can people find more of your work, and uh, maybe get in touch with you if they like. So, most of my papers, I think, um, the most recent ones too that I've given at conferences, uh, philosophy conferences, are on my academia.edu, which I think is. Uh, I don't know what my name on my academia dot edu is. Let me look up real quick and I'll put that. So you can find, because people are always asking me about that. Let's see, real quick. I guess it's Eric Sorm, which is my non-clergy pagan Norse name. Today, my professor name. Uh, bup, 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 bup. Should I put it in the chat? Yeah, go for it. Norwegian News, you probably have that link. Norwegian News on. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, yeah, I have the Logic Lectures as well. Follow me on Twitter at Ananias Father. What else should I say? Um, we where can people something. find, uh, I don't know, you, what's your private address? Uh, like uh, a, yeah. your social security number or something like that. Um, that's what the people really want. They really want, they want your home address, social security number. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm changing the title on the video here mm -hmm. to, uh, got to throw Jurassic Park and Dr. Strange Love in the title because I think, uh, much, much of it brought that and, uh, brought that into the lens. But yeah, it, I think this was a fantastic stream. Dr. Dr. Jeff Goldblum has enlightened us all very much. Uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm <laughs> taught us so much about the science. And um... yeah, so uh, the, the science in the Goldblum uh, shows that. So what what is it? Let's just summarize this. What is scientism? It's when you absolutize right science above all other, like in the empirical inductive mode of knowing is the only legitimate in the, uh, no, mode of knowing. Um, it essentially becomes, takes on a religious quality and totalitarian because as Augusto de Noche says, the distinctive ideology of a technological society is scientism. And that's the view that science is the only true knowledge. So if you looked in all those scenes that we saw with Jeff Goldwyn, right? It's ethics is solved, right? Uh, and the Dr. Strangelove, uh, survival, right? Uh, breeding, family, 
all of that's solved by the scientist. Um, God is removed. Jeff Goldblum now acts and speaks on behalf of the priest, the ethicist, the philosopher. Um, he really represents. That is a view of scientism because it's the view that science is the only true knowledge. And as Augusto Del Noche argues, that inevitably leads to totalitarianism. Why? Because here's a great quote. He states, an advocate of scientism in society based on his way of thinking cannot help being totalitarian as much as conception of science. Listen to this. So remember all the hiding of what Fauci was doing? Mm-hmm. The conception of science cannot be the object of any proof. He does not. So that's why you got to get rid of the philosophers, right? Because they're looking for the grounds of what, well, what would actually make uh, Dr. Fauci, what he says, actually science. Well, you can't ask that question. There's the modern Gnosticism, right? We got to hide that, right? So you, you create these kind of tactics, and that reveals your scientism. He does not intend to elevate other forms of thought to a higher level. So there is no critical analysis. You can't use philosophy in an investigative analysis uh, about what actually makes something science or good science. What does he do? As uh, Del Noche says, uh, Augusto Del Noche in the Christ of Modernity, he simply denies them. So in scientism, not only are those kinds of non-falsifiable methods employed, you use that totalitarian tactic. Notice what he does too, he uses the media. So this is what's really important and part of this too is described in the scientism of uh, St. Simone and, uh, and Kant, social feeling, group think, um, which all are enforced through uh, media. So you need a monopolization, right? This is where technocracy becomes so valuable. Uh, you need an ideological and practical kind of uh, monopoly so that you can actually spread this scientism and conceal the truth and you do that through media, uh, education, politics, corporations, uh, state, etc. Mm-hmm. And what do they all say? What do, it's all settled, right? They're all speaking in one voice. The science is settled. Um, and I find it interesting that St. Simone Comte actually advocated for using those tactics. And we're using those tactics. Um, lastly... Let's take a quote from Neil Postman. By scientism, I mean three interrelated ideas that taken together stand as one of the pillars of technology. The methods of the natural sciences can be applied to the study of human behavior, i.e. social sciences, right? Yep. Then two, social science generates specific principles. That's why you gotta put the word science on there. Generates specific principles which can be used to organize a society on a rational and humane basis. Um, see uh, Dr. Strangelove right there that we just pointed out. This implies that technical means mostly invisible technologies supervised by experts can be designed to control human behavior and set it on its proper course. And three, faith in science can serve as a comprehensive (coughs) belief system that gives meaning to life as well as a sense of well-being, morality, and even immortality. Hence, Jeff Goldblum's um, God isn't part of the picture. 
Mm. Right. Yeah. The, Let's end with that. I think that's a great kind of quote to kind of summarize everything that we've seen and discussed. How is science? How are you being swindled to believe that science, that scientism is actually science? Yeah. And what is scientism? Yeah. yeah and sold on false, uh, false dreams of the future, false delusions of the past. Um, you know, and a, and a strange, twisted, uh, demonic kind of eschatology of uh, you know salvation from either your own will or from the space brothers or from the experts or from you know I guess total annihilation for some people would be kind of their uh, the, their vision of salvation if you're coming from like the nihilist uh, perspective. All right, there yeah, we Lord have mercy, God help us. All right, thank you, Father. Appreciate you coming Thank on. Thank you. And, uh, that was awesome. Everybody who's watching, we appreciate your support. We appreciate the tips. We appreciate you guys liking these, sharing these, uh, you know, subscribing. Make sure to <clears throat> jump over there to Rockfin if you're on YouTube. The link's in the description. Go over there on Rockfin and see future content unfiltered. We were, uh, we were, we were good little, little YouTube citizens today, and we didn't get into anything that will get this channel banned like uh, – that stream that got me a strike, but we're back on YouTube and uh, we'll, we'll be staying here. We'll be we'll keeping a YouTube clean, but the stuff that's not allowed on YouTube uh, because of scientism very often, we will be over on Rockfin. So a big shout out to the Rockfin crew. Thank you guys for your support uh, over there on Rockfin for the tips. We got any last tips over here? Let me see if there's any last tips on Rockfin. We appreciate all you guys' uh, support there. John McGann said, no question, just enjoying the stream. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. And thank you, everybody who has supported via the Streamlabs tips over there on YouTube. Hey, the YouTubers beat the Rockfinners for once. This is the that first time in months. Usually Rockfin is super supportive. YouTube was, was more supportive today. Uh, not, not to, de to uh, denigrate the, uh, the great folks over there on Rockfin who are supporting, but the YouTube did pull ahead, and they're going to win that free trip to, um, uh, to Mars if they make sure that they demonstrate their proper vaccination status and install Elon Musk's Neuralink, <clears throat> get that free trip to Mars forever if you want, right? And go to the cloud or update yourself and upload yourself forever. So that's what the, the top tippers will get. Um, thank you guys for watching. All jokes aside, appreciate you guys uh, watching. And thank you so much, Father, for coming on and uh, for thank addressing you. the audience. All right. Let's see.